0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Coffee with a friend is like capturing joy in a cup. Welcome to the Coffee with Jenny B podcast, hosted by Jenny B, a lover of all things coffee. Each week, Jenny will chat about connecting over coffee, what brings her joy, and everything in between. A lot can happen over coffee, so grab a cup, sit back, and enjoy.
0: Now here's
1: your host, Jenny B. Hello and welcome to the show. In episode 100, I interviewed Shalinda Kirby, and we talked about my journey Doing this podcast. And the fact that 100 of anything is a milestone to celebrate. And celebrate we did. And we talked about all the wonderful interviews that I've done and my own episodes and, you know, just all the exciting things that I talked about. And not just necessarily about coffee, about life in general and anything that brings me joy. But today is also. A special episode. It is my 104th episode, which technically translates into two years, two years that I have been doing the Coffee with Jenny B podcast. Just saying that out loud, it's hard to believe, but it's also something that I'm really proud of. It's, if I'm going to be honest, not something I thought I'd actually ever do. But that's the thing when you are doing something either as a passion project or you're doing something for yourself. And I think this is the first thing that I've ever done just for myself. Other things that I've done for other people and for me and others together, but I've never really done something just for me. And so this makes it even more special that I can continue sharing my voice, sharing my joy, sharing my passion, and whether there's someone out there listening or someone that is perhaps taking heart to what I'm saying, and maybe I've made a difference to someone, it still gives me that drive to want to continue doing this for as long as I can. And for as long as people are listening. Now in episode 100, I also mentioned the journey that I took from working with Shalinda and then transitioning to working with Matt Kundal. And so my guest today is Matt Kundal. And I'd like to offer a little bit of intro before I get Matt to come on. So he is the owner operator of the sound off media company. It's an audio solutions group providing voiceovers, radio programming strategies, and podcast solutions. Matt launches and manages podcasts for businesses, entrepreneurs, and performers. He also hosts three podcasts, including the Flagship Soundoff podcast, You May Also Like This, and the Podcast Super Friends. Please help me welcome Matt. Hey, Matt. How
0: are you doing? Thanks for having me on.
1: I'm great. You're welcome. Glad to have you.
0: I will disclose immediately that I'm drinking water. I know this is coffee with Jenny B, but right now I, I just need to hydrate a little bit after the weekend and, and this heat that we're experiencing right now.
1: You know, that's totally fine because I'm I'm also not drinking coffee. I've actually got a cup of tea beside me. But just because it's coffee with Jenny B doesn't necessarily mean you have to drink coffee. I mean I'm sure you had your coffee this morning.
0: Two cups every day.
1: Okay. Uh, to start
0: the day and that's pretty much it that's my that's my coffee intake I'll probably go to the third cup every once in a while it's not terribly exciting and uh, I take it black
1: well good you know and I used to drink it black but over the years I just I just find that just a little bit of cream you know just enough to color it is is something that makes me happy but however you take your coffee it really doesn't matter it's a personal choice
0: yeah, I agree. Sometimes I have to drop a little bit of creamer or almond milk or something into a very strong cup. I don't. I'm not big into the uh, into the heavy set coffee. I just like a nice medium roast.
1: Okay, well, that's where you and I differ because I really like that dark roast. I I liken it to you know just give me a punch in the face in the morning.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I, I know what you like. I, I, I listen to the show, don't you know? <laughs>
1: And I'm good to go. I have to share something with you. So when I'm teaching full-time at the university, so I'm teaching all day, so I have my coffee at home, and then I take a coffee with me to school. And then halfway through at lunchtime, I I jump out to this coffee shop close by, and I have a coffee. And I had one of my students ask me one day, so how much coffee do you really drink during the day? And I said, well, it really just depends on how I feel that day. But I've also said there's no such thing as too much coffee.
0: <laughs> well, in my case there is. I can't have any after 12 noon or it might start to affect the sleep for the next night.
1: Mhm. And it's interesting because it doesn't affect my sleep yet. I mean, as I get older it might, but I'm 63 so I think I think that's that ship has sailed as far as anything that's affecting me. So coffee must obviously agree with me. Yeah. <laughs> So I want to ask you, because I was on your LinkedIn, and I noticed that you have over 25 years in radio, and I know that you and I have spoken about this before. So what made you decide to switch from radio and go into podcasting?
0: So it wasn't a decision that got made overnight. My last day in radio was May 12 of 2014. But for the next two years after that, I was consulting radio stations. So I guess I was still in radio and still work with radio stations in some capacity. So I guess I'm kind of still in radio a little bit. But going into podcasting really started in 2016. And I I have to get out of the house. I have to go places. I have got to see what the business of radio is up to. And so I went to a conference in Minneapolis called The Conclave. It's quite a renowned conference. And – Always held in Minneapolis went down and met some American broadcasters. I want to see how they were doing things a little bit differently than Canadians and I really liked what I saw there was mentorship going on there was uh, older broadcasters teaching younger broadcasters and they were all sort of talking with about the struggles uh, of radio through this age of digitization and the age of acceleration and all the un what we call the unbundling of the newspaper you know Things like the classified ads are now Craigslist and the sports pages are now TSN or an app or something different. And that, that's kind of happening with radio as well, especially with things like Spotify coming along. Anyhow, I went there and I thought, this is really interesting. And then the week after, I went to Chicago to a podcast conference to see what that was about. And I went, oh, wait, this is exciting. There's people with microphones talking. I know how to do this. I don't really know what's going on and where the audio's going exactly, But I'll I'll figure it out, and and I'm going to start a podcast. So I started a podcast about broadcast, and I thought, I love the Conclave. How do I bottle this and do this every week and get as much passion and enjoyment out of it? So we did 52 episodes our first year about radio and broadcasting. And that was really – it was those two weeks in June, July of 2016, which is how I started – you know doing podcasting I would like to preface though that you know i I had a podcast up on what was iTunes back in two thousand seven eight and nine. I was programme director of power ninety seven in Winnipeg and we would put the morning show up there so I had experienced the podcast I knew what it was about, but what I really had to learn was that it was really more than just repurposing you know the morning show or the afternoon show
1: okay that's really interesting because i I like to think that you're Experience in radio. And as you say, you sort of knew what you were going to be doing or what podcasting was sort of about. But when it comes to doing something personally for yourself, I mean, you just, you just said the first 52 episodes were basically about broadcasting, which is something that you know. And they always say that talk about what you know because then you're coming from a place of knowledge, you're familiar with the topic, you can. Share lots of, you know, anecdotes and tips and, and, you know, nice stories about all those years in broadcasting and radio and, and so on and so forth. But what I also find interesting too is the fact that with a podcast, and I'm speaking for myself now, is finding something that you can talk about for, in my case, 104 episodes (laughs) and still find it interesting and refreshing and something that. You know, exciting. So, you know, it's not like, oh, you know, I have to do another podcast episode versus, hey, I get to interview so and so, or I get to talk about, you know, this exciting thing that I just read this book and I want to tell you all about it. And so it's not forcing the excitement or the interest or the passion, but it's knowing that it's something that is flowing through you. And I don't know if you've come across this yet or maybe working with other podcasters, but is there a point where you literally just run out of things to say?
0: Things do come to an end. I have not experienced that yet, and I don't think it's going to happen. There are 358 episodes of the Sound Off podcast that have been created, so, and we've got a whole bunch of more interviews coming up. But there are times when things end. I had a podcaster last week. She says, I'm closing the podcast. I've done it for you know, three years, and it's kind of complete. I'm going through a life transition. And generally, it's a life transition that's going to cause a podcast to stop or the project to maybe go on hold. Some people say the third kid kills the marriage. I say the second one kills the podcast. And an example last week, somebody changed jobs. And as a result of changing jobs, they're no longer going to be focused on health and Lyme disease. And maybe they'll look to start a new podcast under real estate, which is what that person is transitioning into.
1: That makes sense, actually, because you're right. Life changes. I mean, if. All of a sudden, I had to downsize and finances were tough. I had to think about, okay, what what is really necessary for me right now? And maybe doing a podcast wouldn't fit into the budget. Or if I was leaving the country, could I record it elsewhere? Yeah, probably. I guess I could, but it just depends on the logistics and, and everything that goes around it. Now, my next question I wanted to, and this is something that I read in the newspaper today. So do you remember the story about Anna Devaney? She was, there was a Netflix show about her. She went by Anna Sorokin, where she was pretending to be a millionaire. She was pretending to be, you know, royalty or nobility or, uh, you know, anyway. So basically she was a fraud and then she went to prison and now she's under house arrest and she started a podcast. And I I read that and I thought, you know, I guess it just goes to show that anybody can do a podcast.
0: Yeah. And I have seen that documentary and I wasn't really sure. And they said, oh, yes, I have seen that. And it's it's a wild tale of, of fraud. But, you know, yeah, anybody can start a podcast. And I think that's the low barrier to entry is really what makes it exciting. How much does it cost? Well, if you have an iPhone, you can start recording and you can upload one right now. It probably won't be very good. But, you know, a lot of people have the ability to do it. You can host it somewhere for free. I mean, there's a lot of podcasts out there in the world. We, we talk about this number of, oh, there's 4.4 million podcasts out there. But there's so many of them that are just people going, hi, one, two, three, testing, is this on? So, you know, the low barrier to entry, maybe it's $500 to get involved with it. And I do remember going to the first podcast conference and people were talking about whether podcasting, if it was truly an equitable workspace. And I go, I just came from radio. I'm like what are these people on about? If you want to talk about something that's not equitable, go look at radio. I don't know what you're talking about in podcasting it costs $500 in a microphone. But yeah, still to this day we we run the numbers and it's overwhelmingly two dudes in a microphone in a basement and it is still dominated by men. It was predominantly a lot of tech discussion at the early onset of podcasting. And today, uh, it's not 50-50. It is. It's more like sixty-seven percent male um, to this day. So yeah, there's there are some inequities that are that are involved here uh, when we talk about podcasting, but it's nowhere near what radio is like in any other industry that's full of gatekeepers.
1: And you're absolutely right. And, and I'm not surprised that there's a larger percentage of males that are doing the podcast because. I find that for most men, and I'm generalizing here, or I can talk about, well, for you, and also when I, when I think about my husband, he can talk about anything. He can talk to anybody. I remember going to a party with him and he was talking to everybody, whether he knew them or not, he was talking to them and I was holding my drink and I'm not a, I'm not an introvert. I'm, I'm an extrovert, but he was working the room and I was like, all right, I'm just going to stand here with my drink. So with guys, They can talk about anything and everything. And I think for most women, and I'm going to talk about my experience here, is that when I was first uh, approached or given the idea, like, why don't you do a podcast? I'm like, a podcast? What am I going to talk about? I don't want to do a podcast. So I, I think there might be that initial resistance or perhaps that belief that maybe I'm not good enough, you know, that imposter syndrome or whatever it is that may sometimes stop. Us from wanting to pursue it. How do you get past that idea that maybe I'm not good enough, or maybe I should try it and see what happens?
0: So I had that too before I started. I didn't know really what I was doing. That sounds really weird. Weren't you in radio for 25 years? Like, mean, yep, I was, but I didn't know how to get the phone set up, and what am I going to talk about? And is this timely? And does this work? And is this going to be interesting? You know, my first episode has nothing to do with what I'm doing now. It was a 14-minute phone call with somebody in Fort McMurray about the wildfires and how the radio station was coping with it, which is, listen, your first five episodes are going to suck. It doesn't matter who you are. It's not going to turn out the right way. So, you know, I think a lot of people get to episode seven and they go, is this working? What do I do? Maybe I want to change some things. And then they get to 17, they want to do it again, and they get to 52, and it's been a year and provided, of course, you do it weekly, and what else can we do? And then they'll make some more changes after that. But it's sort of an ongoing project. And I would say that if you're thinking about doing one, definitely go ahead and, and, and do a podcast. But to the men versus women thing, I've noticed incredible differences. Working with women has built my company. When I started a business. Between the voiceover work that I do and and, and the podcasting, it, it was women who, and, and predominantly millennial women, who led the way to show me what was possible and what could be done. So I look at somebody like Jessica Rhodes, who has interviewed Connections, which is a company that pairs guests with podcast hosts, and I go, I'm sorry, but who can't get a guest for a podcast? Well, it turns out a lot of people can't. But that was my arrogance and smugness that coming from radio and you've got call letters like Power 97 or Shom or CJOB or any one of those. Of course, everybody wants to be on the – come down to the radio station and be on the radio. Who would say no to that? But to come on the podcast, it's a little bit of a different exercise. So it, it was people like that, that that really sort of blazed the trail for me to, to show me that it could be done and that there were possibilities out there. And as well when it comes to direction. God, you know, guys, guys don't want to stop and ask for directions, which is why most of their podcasts are noisy, messy, the metadata, the artwork. It's, it's so badly done. You know, it's like what little boys do, right? Little boys will just splash around in the mud puddle and they'll worry about cleaning it off later. And working with females, more calculated, asking for direction, attention to detail, I'm sorry if you don't like me generalizing about this, about the genders, but here we are. And it's true. And I've got full proof. If you want, you can go through all 70 podcasts that I look over and you can see, well, not a lot of show notes with the male ones and lots of great artwork and show notes with the ones that are done by females. It speaks for itself. It's sitting there. You can go have a look.
1: Well, that goes to show that, uh, you know, the females know how to get it done. Hi, it's Jenny. We'll get back to the show in a moment. But first, I invite you to check out my website, coffeewithjennyb.ca. That's Jenny with a G, where you'll find all the links to my episodes. You'll also find a variety of coffee gifts available for purchase, including my branded bag of Red Door Coffee Beans from Harrison's Coffee Company. As well, you'll find a link to join the Winnipeg Coffee Community Facebook group. I'll also be posting info about upcoming coffee tours and coffee nights. So keep checking my website for updates. You can also follow me on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. Now, let's get back to the show. I want to comment on what you had said about people can go on the radio, but when it comes to podcasting, they're like, oh, I don't know if I could. So case in point, um, a couple of my friends that I interviewed, and they're part of the major grow group that I belong to. And when I asked them to come on and be a guest on my podcast, they're like, oh, I don't know. Um, You know, I I don't know what to talk about. You know, can I let you know? And then one of them finally said, okay, 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 I'm ready to come on, you know, like just be gentle with me and, you know, let me know what I need to do. And I said, well, I, I don't use a script. I start with a question which is normally what we would do if we were sitting in a coffee shop. And I'd say, so, hey, Matt, what made you decide to leave radio? You know, and I'd want to know from a personal interest and we're having coffee. And so that's what I said to my to my friend. I said, we're just going to have a conversation. And we did. We had a conversation. And at the end of the interview, she said to me, wow, she said, that was really good. I really enjoyed that experience. And I wasn't even scared. And I said, yes, that's right, because you had nothing to be scared about. We were just having a conversation. I wasn't asking you anything that you weren't comfortable to share with me. Because as an interviewer, you want to be respectful of who you're interviewing. You want to make sure that you're not talking about anything controversial unless you're checking with them first. So is it okay if we talk about such and such? Okay, great. So we'll we'll bring that up. No? Okay, that's fine. We'll leave it out. But it's a conversation, you and I talking about things that we have in common, me learning from you, you learning from me. And whether it's in person or on a podcast, it still holds true. It's We're having a conversation.
0: Yeah, and that's what I love about it. I think a lot of people are freaked out by the technology. Oh, here's a microphone, some headsets, and maybe you're doing it on a computer. And is there going to be an audience? Is, is it live? You know, you know what it's like to go on the radio, but going on a podcast is, you know, it, it's, it's a much different experience. And, you know, listen, a lot of people are shy. They don't necessarily want to put themselves out in, in that particular manner. And by the way, have you ever listened back to the sound of your own voice? I don't know anybody who doesn't find it weird. Everybody finds, I find it weird listening back to my own voice. Yeah. And I I'm, I do this all day. <laughs> you know, I mean, people actually pay me for my voice and I find it still a little bit weird hearing myself. It sounds a little bit different. So yeah, I can understand why some people just don't want to be on a podcast. They're also afraid they might say something stupid.
1: Well, that's true. But then I, I also let them know that, you know, if they do say something or they, they misspeak or, and I've done that myself, I just tell them, you know what, don't worry, it'll be edited out. Like, let's just keep going. And I had this one episode where I don't know what was going on like we were having some technical difficulties and and I just like, you know what, let's just keep this rolling because we'll just get it done. Like and I mean kudos to your editors because they do a fantastic job and I know in particular Aiden has been doing a lot of the editing for my for my podcast and you know, he does a great job and I try to offer him where these are edits like, and not like the little things. I mean, I can live with, you know, I say something goofy or whatever. I mean, it would be the same in a conversation, but where I've mispronounced somebody's name, or when I was talking to Shalinda, I blanked out on something and I was like, oh my gosh, I should know this. And then later on, I filled it in and okay, that needs to be edited out. But for the most part, it's, just being, I guess, respectful of of him as well, that here's something that I need you to watch for, and here's where you can find it, and if you can take that out. And it just makes his job a little bit easier.
0: So for context, anybody who wants to know how much editing has been done so far, all you have to do is look to see how far we are in this podcast right now. But just so you know, we've been talking for 23 minutes and 22 seconds. So... Whatever time is in the podcast subtracted against the twenty three minutes and twenty two seconds, that's how much editing we've done so far.
1: Okay, very interesting to think about it in that respect.
0: Now put your phones back in your pockets.
1: <laughs> so I wanted to also talk about something that you mentioned about voiceovers—that people pay you for your voice, and you can do the voiceovers for commercials and and whatnot. How important is it to have? I guess, I don't know if there is such a thing as a podcast voice or a voice for radio. Do you need to have a certain type of a voice? You know, I guess if you had a high-pitched voice or or you spoke really softly, I don't know if that would be the right kind of voice, but what kind of voice should you have or could you have or, or what's ideal for to be a podcaster?
0: For a podcaster, just be yourself. That's it. Just just be you, just be yourself. There's nothing more, nothing less. If you're going to be a voiceover talent, I, I think you need some acting. And actually, I think a lot of people who come from radio and go into voiceover are not very ideal for it because radio is really about a personality and being yourself. And when you're a voice talent, you're it's about being someone else. It's about bringing someone's copy to life. If you have a high-pitched voice, you should probably be doing cartoons. That's a great place for people with with higher-pitched voices to go. If you have a deeper voice, maybe you want to be doing something along the lines of some commercials or movie trailers, not that there's a lot of work for that. Uh, could be promo. It could be um, narration, I think, would be very good, or audiobooks if you have a a lower and softer voice. So you really – I think when you get into voiceover, you really have to think about what is my niche going to be for this line of work and I really thought when I auditioned for to be an, an imaging radio voice, that's kind of like the person who announces what station you're listening to between the records. I thought, oh, I'm definitely going to be on the rock station with my voice. And I got cast and they said, yeah, you're going to be doing our adult contemporary stations. And for those who are not in the know about radio, that means a lot of like softer music and Michael Bolton and, you know, that sort of softer sounds as it were more contemporary type music. And I was just happy to be picked, but what you think you're good at is not what you are probably good at. And another example was I auditioned for to just read some scripts for a company called Ontario Virtual School, who of course got very very busy during the pandemic. But they said, "Can you can you record some voiceover for a young audience?" I said, "Yes, I can." And the voice that you hear now got changed into, Hey kids, math is fun. You really want to sign up for math one Oh one from the Ontario virtual school. So, you know, that, 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 that's a character that, that got created in there. And it's just, you know, when you're by yourself, you're looking at a script, but you have to bring the script to life in some way. And you also have to, Remember, and I felt very weird about it because when I was on the radio, I was like, "Oh, I'm on the radio. Here's my show. I take it home, and it's my show, and I own it." And here's my podcast. I do my podcast. I own it. I can do whatever. But here's a piece of work that people would either you know keep or reject. And I was, I felt like it was gone. I thought, "Well, wait a second. That's mine. I recorded it, but I forgot. I sold it to them, right?" They. And sometimes I've had some terrible, what I think is terrible sounding commercials go out. I thought, "You took that? That was awful." But they took it. They paid for it, I I guess. It's what's not my idea of good. But they liked a particular take. I'm not there to argue. They liked it. So sometimes when you're doing a podcast or even you're doing voice work or voiceover or even a radio show, you might think that was bad and it was good. And you might think that was good. Uh, You know what? It was actually bad. And people will let you know in the end. That's why I love feedback.
1: And you're absolutely right because I remember I did an episode and I wasn't exactly happy with it. I mean, most of the time I am happy with the with the final result because, you know, I, I think I've mentioned a few times that if I can't really get into it, you know, I start, stop, start, stop. And then if I still can't get into it, I just scrap that idea and I go on to something else. But typically I find a rhythm and a flow and I just I just go with it because again, you want it to be authentic. You don't want to sound stilted and like you're thinking about what you're saying. But there was this one episode I did and I remember thinking at the end, you know, that wasn't really my best. And I don't know, the topic was kind of okay. And yet I had people commenting on how much they enjoyed it. So, you know, go figure. I mean, there's an audience for pretty much everything out there. And so we have to stop being our own worst critic and, and say, you know what, maybe it wasn't my best, but it's okay.
0: I think I'm going to quote Jim Mora, who's a football coach for the Indianapolis Colts. He's the one who went playoffs. Don't talk to me about playoffs, but he also had some other infamous rants. And, and I quoted it earlier without attributing it to him. So saying whether it was good or whether it was bad, but you think, you know, but you don't know. And even when it comes to how well an episode performed, a lot of people look at the downloads and go, Oh, I I didn't do very well. It's, but I've had people come up on some of my lowest downloaded shows and say it was impactful. And it's tough. You can't really measure impactful. You can't measure that form of emotion or passion or how an episode is going to resonate with people. I would rather have 50 downloads of a show that is impactful than 500 downloads of a, of a show that isn't.
1: And I agree with you 100% because you're right. I mean, I look at my downloads and, you know, certain episodes are are doing better than others, but I really don't pay a lot of attention to them, partly because you told me not to. (laughs) You said, don't worry about the downloads. Don't worry about the stats. It's how are you doing? Uh, Are you liking what you're doing? And if you like what you're doing and you feel that you're making a difference, then that's what's important. And what I find also, too, is that occasionally I will get a comment. I'll get an email. I'll get someone referring to me, and that means that someone listened to my podcast. It made an impact that they shared it with someone, and that makes me happy. I remember I did an episode with uh, someone and we were talking about conscious parenting, and someone sent me a message saying that it came at the right moment because she was a new mother, and she was struggling, and she was dealing with some really bad postpartum blues. And she listened to the episode and she said, thank you so much. She said that really made a difference for me. And that is enough. I'm just getting like goosebumps just talking about it, but that I made a difference for her that I was able to comfort her and provide her some solace and and let her know that she wasn't alone, that there are others who are struggling with that particular topic. And so- That's enough to keep me going, that there are people out there that are listening that will let me know that, first of all, they listened to my podcast, they liked it, whatever it is that they want to share with me, and I'm okay with that.
0: A lot of people worry about their downloads needlessly. So they say, oh, I I only got 50 downloads, let's say. And I'm like, well, if I gave you the opportunity to speak to 50 people once a week, would you take it? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, that's what you have. So if you're getting 50 downloads, that's 50 people, and I think you have to think of it in, in terms of you know the number of people in a room over over lunch. And a lot of people are like, "Well, I'm not really sure how to market my show." And I said, "Well, if you were to have a convention about the subject matter of your show, what would it be? Who would come? You got to find a way to market to those people. So you have to think of of your podcast in terms of a you know a conference or a convention, and what if we got them all together, and what would the room look like?
1: <laughs> I like that image. I'm just imagining 50, 50 people in a room and we're all drinking coffee and we're all talking about life in general and it would be chaotic but it would be fun and full of energy and exciting and and just that image I think you know keeping that in my mind that I'm speaking to you know 50 of my best friends that are out there listening to my podcast and just loving it, and they, and they can't wait until they listen to the next episode, and and so that that to me is is really exciting.
0: A lot of people are like, "Well, how do I know if it's a good number or a bad number?" And all I can really sort of point to is sort of the benchmark for you know podcasts is that if you have attained 159 downloads after 30 days of an episode, then you have beaten half the podcasts out there. That's just the number, and again. We don't know if that's good or bad. It really depends what the subject matter is. If we're you know, going to be talking about basket weaving, I think 159 would be an amazing number.
1: Well, it, it does sound like an amazing number. But I also like to think of the number that we're talking about in this episode, which is 104. And that's an episode every week. And I think I remember reading somewhere that if you don't make it past, I think it's the 10th episode, you're not going to continue. Because it's it can be work. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love recording. I love talking to people. I love sharing my ideas, my stories, my thoughts. But it's making sure that I have an episode out every week and doing the show notes and all the rest of it. And so it is work, but it doesn't seem work. It, it's something that I want to do versus I have to do. And so it's part and parcel of what I'm doing. But I have to say, first of all, that I'm so grateful for you and your team that you took me on the next part of my podcast journey, that you make it easier for me to do this. I have to say, Matt, that you've given me lots of really good info, some advice. We know I've, I've we've talked about you know, some questions that I've had, some issues that I've had regarding my whole podcast journey, and you've been able to help me navigate, give me you know, some things to think about in terms of making it better for myself. And then of course your team, you know, your team is great and they do wonderful work. So I just want to say thank you.
0: Well, no, thanks. We love having you uh, on board. And it's so, so important to have like another set of anyone to just check out your work and see how it's going. And, it's quite a lonely experience podcasting. If you're, if you don't have a team around you in some capacity, or it could be mentorship. It could be a, a fellowship of maybe you're exchanging and listening to each other's shows, but it can, it can get quite lonely, but it's the feedback that everybody can give on, on a podcast. You know, there's probably, there's 11 things in a workflow for a podcast and I can't remember. I have them written down somewhere, but one of the things my company does is we eliminate eight of those things. And so we get people past the hump of where it becomes too daunting to make it at least manageable. And I think the important thing for, for this show, especially is how it is consistent, how it does come out, you know, every week. Because I think if you do it weekly, you're going to be able to get a piece of the listeners media pie. If they're in every week. And you're in every week and it releases consistently, then you're going to have a little piece of their media pie. And I think that's important. We know that, you know, the love boat was Saturday nights at eight o'clock, followed by Fantasy Island. That's a piece of the media pie that we would dedicate. And CBS got it on Friday nights with the Dukes of Hazard, followed by Dallas. There's two hours as well. And of course, NBC had must see TV. But when you put your podcast out, now it's on demand. It can be listened to and consumed anytime. But just by putting it out there every week and having people come back to it, it's getting that media pie. And listen, if people are just going to release their episodes willy nilly, well, how's anybody going to know when that comes out other than the, the little ring on the phone, provided you even set that up? So it was Aaron Monkey who does a podcast called Lure, very, very popular podcast. His first episode had nine downloads. But as he got better and better at it and the storytelling and making it, he said release consistently. And I think between him and I, we had a conversation. And we figure that's worth 20% more downloads just by being consistent.
1: And I love the word consistent. And I think about consistency. I, I recently read a book. It was called Effortless. And the author talked about the idea of residual. Now, when you think about residual income, for instance, you are setting up a subscription service, for instance. And so you don't have to do anything to earn that money because it's residual. And people keep paying for the subscription until they decide that they're going to cancel. And when you think about anything that you do, it's residual. So if you go for a walk every day, I'm going every morning. For 20 minutes consistently. And the residual effect is now you're getting exercise, you're getting fresh air, whatever it is. So, whatever you are doing on a consistent basis is that you are building up that residual effect. And so, for me doing my podcast every week, and it's important for me to do it every week, I'm building up my residual presence. My, the fact that, as you say, you know, it's something that they look forward to. It's like, okay, another episode is coming out next week. So, I, you know, every Monday or Tuesday or whatever the episode comes out is when it's out. And so, for me to continue with that residual, and so hopefully that I'm building up that audience again, not talking about downloads, but the more people that are listening, the more they are interacting with what I'm saying and perhaps sharing it with others. I know that sometimes on social media, I'll be. Looking at scrolling through and somebody will talk about something that I just talked about on an episode. And so I'll put in the, in the comments. Oh, I just talked about that in episode, you know, da, 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 you know, please go and listen and they'll go, Oh, okay. I'll check it out. And so that gives me a chance to promote my podcast, but also to continue that residual of, Hey, I'm here and I want to, I want to tell you about it.
0: Yeah. I love podcasting. I really do.
1: Me too. And I want to continue for it as long as I can because I, I know I talked about a journey and usually a journey has to come to end. But as long as my voice holds out, as long as I still have things to talk about, I will continue doing it and enjoy every moment.
0: You know, I think one of the best reasons to start a podcast is a lot of people get into it to either, you know, sell stuff or, or promote themselves or tell a story. But you really learn about yourself. You think you're something. But when you do a podcast, you realize you're something else. And often it's something better and more than what you thought.
1: I agree. And the best compliment I ever got was from my son. Now, my son, Stephen, he told me one day, he says, yeah, he says, I talk about you to all my friends. And I tell them, you should listen to mom's podcast. And for me, that's like, you know what? When your kid is proud of you for doing something like this, then That just makes you happy. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Matt, for coming on with me and sharing my 104th episode and talking about, you know, podcasting and radio and all the wonderful things in between.
0: Well, congratulations. It's amazing. And you still got a ways to go. And I'll I'll tell you, it takes three years to build an audience. So uh, congratulations and welcome to to year three. (laughs) This is where the fun is.
1: Okay, well, thank you so much, and I'm looking forward to having more fun with this podcast and, of course, staying with SoundOff Media.
0: Thanks, Jenny. I appreciate it. We love you. We love you.
1: Aw, thanks, Matt. Well, I love you guys, too. <laughs> so until next time, do you have a hankering to be on a podcast or to do a podcast? Well, if you do, I would highly recommend connecting with Matt at SoundOff Media He will guide you through all the steps necessary to help you create your podcast. And more importantly, helping you find your voice. And it's not just your speaking voice, but the voice of who you are and what story do you want to share with the world. Thanks so much for listening. If you like Coffee with Jenny B and want to know more, connect with Jenny on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. That's Jenny with a G. Until then, all you need is joy and more coffee. What happens when we play outside?
0: I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance, and everyday life.
1: Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at ivisonvoice.com slash podcast.